0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Dear Ruby podcast. I'm your host, Rubina Ahmed-Huck, and along with my co-host, Bo Humphreys, Dear Ruby aims to answer all your personal finance questions. Those questions could be about retirement, student debt, should you buy that new car or get a used model? and how much will my divorce cost? Nothing is off the table at Dear Ruby. Since the start of the pandemic, we have been laser focused on all the ways the economic slowdown and then the slow recovery caused by COVID-19 is affecting your personal finances. Canadians, as you can imagine, have a lot of questions about all the emergency benefits that were brought in to help Canadians financially and now that are ending and new recovery benefits are coming in. So lots of questions about how that's going to work too. And we're here to answer them to the best of our ability. This week, we'll break down big news stories of the week and how they affect your pocketbook and answer some personal finance questions. You can always reach us uh, to ask any question at dearruby.com. That's D-E-A-R-R-U-B-I.com and on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, Bo, how's it going?
1: Hey, Rubina. I'm good today. This is a good day.
0: Yeah, you're feeling uh, good about this week and uh, sort of, I don't know, I always feel a bit rejuvenated in September because um, it's just sort of a, a, a month of renewal, I feel like.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm liking this uh, little bit colder temperature. Like, it's still warm today. I think I'm going to go for a run mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. but uh, it's um, it's because probably because of the energy costs <laughs> are gonna go down a little bit the AC because we have a top floor that is uh, not connected to the rest of the circulation in the house because of the way they built this house so we have a separate AC unit and that's where the baby is so he needs that on all the time or it's 31 degrees in his in his bedroom mm-hmm. um, our bedroom which is a, um, a, a re uh, uh re uh worked uh, um, walk in closet uh, so it's he's like harry potter right he sleeps in a closet but it's like the biggest closet ever so we're like this could be a baby uh room until it's uh you know until it's not until right. he realizes it's a closet
0: yeah. <laughs> until he <laughs> closet. actually was like mom well, and dad you literally put me in a closet
1: clothes hanging there that's i mean what is a closet right i mean it's only just a smaller room with clothes in it right Oh, so, does it have uh, a window or is it, it windowless? does not have a window, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. makes it a closet, <laughs> though. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, until he realizes, then we'll leave him, uh, leave him there. But, uh, yeah, he'll probably end up getting the second floor to himself uh, if mm-hmm. we stay in this place. You know, we'll, we'll see uh, how the future goes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the energy costs, like my, our hydro bill was $300 uh, last month. Well, yeah, our, that's, uh, that's not a... uh, good. And you,
0: I mean, I've been to your house. It's not like you live in a 5,000 square foot home that you've got to cool. I mean, the costs are, yeah, the costs are pretty uh, astronomical. We got pretty high bills as well. I mean, last month, I feel like we spent $700 on gas and electricity and water and everything in combination. It's a lot of money.
1: It offsets because the gas is only for the uh, central air um and so at least that was only like 37 bucks Mm -hmm. so you know and then the winter of course that heats the whole place so Mm -hmm. uh, but we also have on the top floor heaters because there's no (laughs) again it's not connected Uh, they 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 just added it on like last minute idea let's just put a thing on top of the house right Mm -hmm. it was probably the attic or something before and they just renovated the whole thing and it's one big room with the again the walk-in closet um so yeah the the it's a, a weird thing that way so it's like our rent seems reasonable until you think about, oh, we got a whole top Florida to heat and cool separately from the rest, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe think about that if you're looking at a house or renting a house or buying one, right? It's that a, is
0: one thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of buying like brand new off the plan homes. I feel like um, when you move into a community, I, I personally like the idea of the sure. community already being established so that you know where you're moving into, you know, your yeah. neighbors, you get a feel of who lives there. But um, that aside, these brand new homes, they're so energy efficient. Yeah. And any friends who moved into them, the first thing they say is, oh, my gosh, my my heating and cooling costs have gone down. My utility co- utility costs have gone down. And in some cases, they're in a way bigger home. But because they're built so much more energy efficient than older homes, uh, which, you know, especially if you've got those window ACs, those really, really eat up a lot of money
1: that and and uh you know we got to check our 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 water main water pipe for lead like Mm -hmm. that's how old uh, everything is around here yeah and uh i'm not sure like have a have has henry been drinking lead i don't know i I, I I don't know i hope not (laughs) but but like what you know like we we really can't tell until somebody comes in and does a real test so we just get this notice from the city we're not sure if you still have a lead main pipe and and uh, uh we should come and check it and then they're like, because of COVID, you got to go and check it yourself. And it's in this like nightmare room behind me that's full of uh, sand and spiders and, uh, you know, that they put drywall up in front of and no one ever goes in because it's basically just a sealed off front part of the foundation. So I got to figure out how to like, get some kind of hazmat suit and go in there and just scratch a pipe to see if it's lead or copper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on my list. Of things <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it uh, but it's uh, you know it's got to be done soon so we can at least find out and then get lead filters and then maybe see what our landlord is willing to do about it if anything I don't know what they do about the, wa- the main it's apparently if it's on your property it's part of the it's not the city's responsibility uh, they cut off like at the sidewalk or something like that so anyhow uh, I'm glad I don't own this house
0: Right. Yeah, no, that, and that's the thing. Now that you have lived through this situation, cause it's good that you are paying your own utilities, cause it gives you that much more insight when you do buy yes. your own home, right. things to think about. Um, like I personally, uh, think buying a uh, new home in an old neighborhood is like the perfect mix sure, if you can if you afford can it, right? That, yeah. or something <laughs> so that's someone really has renovated
1: up... to code, like that. You they prove that they've taken it up to new yeah. standards, right? But then
0: you get the established neighborhood, like you don't have to buy yeah. and like yeah. your driveway is mud when you move in. Like I, 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 <laughs> I, you know, I have nothing against that. I just I I feel like when you buy a home, you're sort of buying an identity and. It's very hard to understand what your identity is going to be when you just see it on a piece of paper and you're like, is, am I going to fit in here? It's, you know, is lot 27 slash B, you know, is that who I am? (laughs) You know, (laughs) or whatever.
1: Exactly. Right. It's just a plan. And, and, and I, I can, I'm fine either way, but uh, Kayla is very much uh, like what you're talking about. So I can, I can understand that she wants to buy a a house is a something that a nice thing, right? It's not just some cookie cutter um, thing. It's something that's been lived in and, and yeah. uh, you know been has experience and character to it I think and I appreciate that yeah
0: yeah yeah and I, like I said you know if you can buy a home that's been built in you know in the last 10 15 years but um but is in an old neighborhood you're going to get the benefits of both right you're yeah, going to get that yeah, the energy efficient home But we should move on to some of the topics that we wanted to talk about because there are two major things that happened this week that I think, you know, not necessarily COVID related, but definitely COVID plays into it. And number one is the idea the liberals are now uh, floating. And I I think floating is probably the wrong word. They're now um, saying that it's going to emerge as a top uh, policy choice going into into the fall, which is a guaranteed basic Income. It's going to be a priority for the Liberal Caucus coming up in their convention. They're going to vote on it in November. Uh, no real idea about how much money they're talking about, but CERB has taught lessons to us, uh, that Canadians, um, when they have a minimum amount of money are able to, uh, just live that much more of a, uh, a a basic life without having Mm. to go to outside sources. So a lot of, you know, basic income, uh, proponents, people who, who, who support it say that a basic income immediately, um, will take away the need for extra services and the need for welfare programs. Cause all of a sudden, Everyone gets a guaranteed amount of money, and then if you work beyond that, then you make more money. But at least you've got this guaranteed income coming in. So even if you lose your job, you know you've got something. And CERB, which obviously was born out of the COVID-19 pandemic, seems to be the catalyst in um, now having a real discussion about this and actually making it into a major policy uh, point that uh, they're going to vote on in November.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't I don't know all of the reasons why we don't have this already, but uh, you know it seems to me that what the what a lot of governments have adopted is just uh, a, a, as a on, a on a need basis, right? Like you know if you need it instead of just blanket giving it to everybody, but apparently that th- that doesn't work out so well because a lot of people f- fall through the cracks. Um, all the people who didn't qualify for serve and didn't qualify for EI, well then where's their basic income uh, protection? Um, so if we just had this in place and then maybe a, an income cap so that like obviously you don't get it if you're making 120000 a year, I'm mm-hmm. sure, um, mm-hmm. or it just gets you know, uh, given back or however it works, um, it, a clawback, you know, the, the idea being that. Um, sure, it probably would be just like OAS or OH Security or CPP where you get enough just to get by, right? Like you're getting about 18 grand max a year if you have those if you're 65 and no other income. And that's barely enough to live on. But if you work a little bit or have a little bit of retirement savings or have a little bit of another pension or anything, Then that'll that'll bridge the gap. Right. And so that's the idea here uh, from what uh, I've been hearing about universal basic income from like one of the U.S. Democratic uh, candidates who was campaigning on that and other people who just discuss it um, at length. Um, is that uh, if you want to uh, have a little a bit of a better life, then you work, right? Mm-hmm. And the working is for having a life uh, and, and, and uh, growing, not surviving. And I think that's the biggest difference here, right? Is universal basic income will help you survive, but mm-hmm. not have a, a great life. You know, you're not going to be able to do much. You know, you can't you know, go out and, and see a movie because you probably, maybe you can see one. Right? Uh, A year or six months or whatever. You probably don't have a lot of extra if you even have that. Like, you may not be able to afford where you live. I I think they'll probably run into problems like there are with the CERB right now, where if you get it in Toronto, Mm -hmm. CERB is not enough, right? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. It's not enough in Toronto, $2,000 a month. No. Um, and this has been the one criticism of CERB. And I think this is what they'll have to work out if they come up with a universal basic income. Yeah. Like, does somebody in Moncton need as much money as somebody in Vancouver? Probably not, right? Uh, their cost of living is much lower in some parts of the country. Uh, but I think one of the major takeaways is is that when you have universal basic income, it gives people options when they are out of work, um, and it also immediately, when you give someone a basic income, all of that money, and this is something that people who are against it don't understand, flows back into the economy. They yeah. use that money to buy food, pay rent, buy things they need for their home. Whereas when you give more incentives to those people who already have a lot of money, all they do is save it.
1: It stays in their pocket. That's what happening It stays now, in their right? pockets. And you it doesn't actually help...
0: Week. It doesn't actually help the economy. And this is one of the things that I think a lot of times as someone who is more left-leaning, um, I find it really hard to explain, um, yeah. is that when you give money to people who don't have a lot, they spend it all in the economy. When you give money to people who already have a lot, they save it all for themselves and it doesn't really help the economy. And this has been proven with um, with the beginning of the pandemic. We talked about it last week, or I don't believe we talked about it actually last week, or maybe we did, I'm not sure. Um, maybe on my CDC column, I talked about it how um, the rich got richer during yeah, the we pandemic. Did. We talked about the
1: savings rate going up for. for exactly.
0: And the people. savings yeah. rate skyrocketed from mm-hmm. 2%. Um, On average, it's about 7%, but it was about 2% going into the pandemic. It skyrocketed to 28% on average, basically because wealthy families so those people making you know in the hundreds of thousands of dollars as a household income kept their jobs and their cost of living plummeted they weren't commuting to work they weren't spending money on entertainment there was less pressure to do other things extracurriculars for their kids because everything was shut down restaurants bars things that they normally spend money on and what that did is it made them richer but it took money out of the pockets of the people who have less money. So all of a sudden, when you went to a bar and you tipped somebody $40 for that big bill that you paid, that goes into the pocket of someone that's going to go home and then feed their children. So now that person doesn't have money. And so giving that person basic income is going to allow them to A, be able to take care of their family, but also immediately that money goes back into the economy. It's it's something that, um, and in fact, one of the, the cons... Of of basic income is inflation. The worry that if everyone's got money, everyone's going to be spending, and the cost sure. of living is actually going to go up. So that's actually one of the cons of universal yeah. basic income that actually makes life more expensive because okay. everyone is able to afford something. Then at that point,
1: well, you know, to to your point about uh, you know people saving money and not spending it on things. This is why I you know for my uh, insolvency clients, um, I always recommend a balance. Because the instinct when you uh, when you go through insolvency is to have a scarcity mindset, right? You're like, I went through this. I don't want to make mistakes again. I'm gonna save, 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 and never spend spend anything right ever again, right? Of course, no credit is. You know, I'm never gonna have debt. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But th- th- but also, if you're gonna save everything and live this I- extremely frugal life, that's mm-hmm. good at the beginning. But after a certain point, that's gonna affect your quality of life and also. To the point that we're talking about right now, it's going to affect uh, the overall uh, quality of everyone in your community and 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 the country, because we we need to be spending some of our money. So like you know, the policy that we should save what we uh, need to achieve our goals and spend the rest. If you just save everything, th- nobody benefits from that. You're not having a good life, and nobody's getting your money so that they can build their own savings like it's Mm a mm -hmm. it's a you know we need to draw a picture sometimes for people like this is how the world works It's like the circle of life but with money right Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. absolutely so i think the basic message is from my point of view is that a universal basic income has worked in many european nations it has Mm. it does not have the effect of people just staying at home and collecting free money because if that was the case then everybody would be on welfare right so if that was the
1: same amount of people will probably do that Right. Exactly. That so there's always... Yeah.
0: Right. And so in society, you always have to take care of those people. You can't just that's pretend right. they don't exist. So there are people that are, if you want to quote unquote, call them lazy, that just don't want to work. There's always going to be a segment of the population that's like that. And so whether they're taking advantage of a government program like welfare or other benefits or a universal basic income, it doesn't matter. They're going to try right. to to take advantage. It's such a small percentage. It I don't is. have a number, but it's you know it's 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 less than 1% of people are like that then there are people who simply cannot work because they have mental health issues they have other disabilities um, for some reason, the you know they, they might be in a situ- family situation where they just simply cannot get out there and make the kind of money that they may be able to if they didn't have whatever issue happening in their life. So there's that group of people. And then there's the group of people who are between jobs. So someone who has legitimately lost their job and now are looking for another job, rather than making that period of their life so uncomfortable, make it a little bit easier by providing with them with the universal basic income. And so that when they get back to work, they're not, you know, tons in credit card debt or line of credit debt, because I'm sure you also have clients that come to you that have accumulated debt because there was a period in their to- uh, life nice. where they couldn't work. That's and right. so during that time, they're still, they're still paying off that debt that they accumulated in that time. But it's been years. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get yourself out of that debt situation, even if you do find a job, because then you still have to pay for your regular life, like all the things that also, all, and then on top of it, you've got this, you know, it's like student debt. It's just kind of hanging around and you're trying to get rid of it.
1: So, so, uh, you know, I'll play devil's advocate for a sec, right? So like you said, they have for people who uh, aren't able to work or, uh, you know, aren't able to find a job for whatever reason, they are, there are programs like Ontario works, right? And mm-hmm. for people who are disabled, there's ODSP. Uh, and for, um, for people who, oh, what was the third one? Oh, I had a third one. Um, People who, oh, there's, uh, of course, EI. Yeah, People who lose their job and and, and need uh, uh, help in the meantime until they find another job, there's employment insurance. So -hmm. they have these programs. But um, what I like about the universal basic income concept is you have that, and then when you, because that's just for the basics, right? You never have to worry about the basics. And I think if you can't work, You still get your Ontario Works, and you're you're disabled, you still get your ODSP, and you you lose your job, you still get your EI on top of the UBI. That's what I think. That makes sense to me, right? Because, like, if you're disabled, you can't work, so why should you get the same universal basic income as everybody else, right, Mm -hmm, (laughs) who is able to work? Mm -hmm. So you should get UBI plus ODSP, and I think um, a lot of people might worry that, well, if I get universal basic income, I'm not going to get my disability payments anymore. And... I, I hope they address these things explicitly when they talk about it because mm-hmm. I really think it should be added on, just like I think the Serbs should have been, you know, a, extra. I mean, they gave, like, one-time payments to seniors, and I think people who are on disability. Uh, but it wasn't anything, you know, it was just like the $600 they gave to the U.S. population. They they got one $600 payment or $1,200 payment, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and the whole time, people got $14,000 here. Mm-hmm. Like, for Serb like... I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I know the 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 um like the situation in the US has always been, you know, even during this pandemic, it all, has always been like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and yeah. make it happen. And that is the American way. In some ways it is the Canadian way too because we are, you know, we are very much affected by what's happening in the US. We're very sure. much affected by their culture and their way of thinking, but We are much more socialist than they are. And I feel like a program, like a universal basic income, if it's going to work anywhere in North America, it's going to work here first. And then maybe um, in the United States, they might implement it in certain states that are much more progressive thinking. But generally, and I, I hear your point that if you are disabled, you should get both benefits. But I think generally speaking, it's kind of like the HST. it sort of just made things more streamlined and made you know the the ability to collect tax yeah. revenue more streamlined so yeah, if you yeah. have basic income of course they're go- there's going to be people who have money in the bank but they've lost their job and they're still getting universal basic income so the argument might be well, why don't you use the money that's in your bank account so they'll say no but i've lost my job and i need this this, this income to to find a new job and then there might be someone who has no money in the bank and, and that's every penny of that money they use towards their rent and their their food and every mm-hmm. other cause so there's obviously always going to be people who, you know, you, you you can't make it completely equal for everyone. That's right. But it will streamline it, it will make it easier to implement and it definitely will make it more accessible for more people and that that's going to save taxpayers money, which is the ultimate goal.
1: And like you said, this this is not uh this is only being discussed because of COVID, right? The the they wouldn't have brought this up at this time, right? I don't maybe, think I don't so. Know. Yeah,
0: I think COVID has has really um sort of blasted open the inequalities that exist not just amongst yeah. among uh, you know uh, um, amongst different communities but different racialized groups you know they did um uh in july they gave the numbers stats. can gave IA, the unemployment numbers not just by region but also by race and they showed that yes. disproportionately black arab and south asian communities are have higher rates of unemployment and then on top of it if you are a woman it's even higher than that so there are definitely um, uh, points that the government is now looking at that have been more highlighted during the pandemic, like who is actually surviving during this time? Who is actually able to pay their bills during this time? It's not necessarily the guy that saved, you know, that did all the savings and did all the right things, because if they lose their job, all of a sudden their savings can be wiped up pretty quickly if they don't have any access to any, um, any um, benefits. And so they're trying to now see that uh, okay, well, let's use this as an example. I mean, obviously, we're hoping that a pandemic situation doesn't happen again. But many emergencies happen all the time, you know, in, in people's lives. Exactly. And this will help them get through that, that time for sure.
1: And the ones that the people that I see are, is when the many emergencies happen one after the next. Right. And, and maybe they're already in debt. And right. And I, r- th- I, I hear this all the time. They say, you know, I was doing fine. I was making my payments. I was making my minimum payments. I had a g- really good credit score, you know, and I don't uh, that's not the way to live. You know, I don't know who taught us this, the banks. I know who mm-hmm. it was. the banks did it, but the, the it's not right. Right. Just because you can make your payments doesn't mean that you're doing well financially. Right. <laughs> it means you're making the, the you're you're servicing your debt. That's it. Mm Right. So, you know, if something happens, you can't you now have debt plus the thing and and people can't survive that. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why they the Bankruptcy Insolvency Act exists, Mm -hmm. uh, because this happens. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, that exists because banks are allowed to charge interest and it goes all the way back into the beginning of civilization
0: so right which is something that that you are now looking at as well like sort of the birth of the economy the birth of personal finance the birth of all things money right Uh, where did this idea come from and why do we we get here right Mm -hmm. like
1: right because because the you know at certain points in history Uh, Usury um, as you know charging interest on something was considered to be bad right and then then oh Then it was good and then it was bad again Oh only to your uh, somebody you don't know never to your friends or family It's like people are just really just self-serving at a certain point right and so yeah Well, you know, it's it's really fascinating to be looking into why or how we got from you know where we we were all equal at one point point. Uh, to where there's billionaires and trillionaires and giant corporations that can charge us interest and and uh, then get bailed out by governments. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's a fascinating uh, trajectory, and, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to really diving into that. Yeah, I'm time. looking forward yeah. to
0: hearing everything that you learn. Um, mm. The next Speaking story banks, I want to talk <laughs> about... <laughs> Nice segue into the next story. <laughs> also about big banks, I guess. Well, this is the biggest bank, if you think about it, Central Bank of Canada. Yeah. Um, This week, holding rates at that historic low of 0.25% and making some comments as well about um, how this rebound is affecting, like we were talking about women, uh, youth yeah. and low wage workers disproportionately and how important it is that if we want to have a broad-based recovery, that these groups have to be included in the conversation because they were part of the conversation before the pandemic started. And so to leave, especially women, out of it is not good for economic recovery because we can't get there without the woman, without women in the workforce because they were there before the pandemic. So how can we get there without them? And um, so they're also hinting now, the Bank of Canada, that the rates are going to stay low for quite a while. I, I saw a headline. I'm not going to say where which media company it was, but they're like, bad news for savers, I uh, know um said uh, Bank of Canada makes it harder for Canadians to save. I understand where they're coming from. Uh, they're trying to make the point that if interest rates are low, people are not encouraged to save. Uh, but I, I don't think the Bank of Canada is in charge of, you know, telling people how much they should save. The Bank of Canada is there to make sure inflation stays in check. It's to make sure that uh, credit stays liquid so that when you go to the bank, you can still get money out. You can still uh, get a mortgage or take a line of credit and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they're not really in charge of, you know, even if interest rates were at 10, 15 percent, there still will be a large segment of Canadians who will say, well, everything's so expensive to service. I have no money left over to save. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't or think it's really my fair. Mortgage,
1: yeah. Like I keep thinking about because this affects people who have a mortgage the most. Right. Right. Because this that's usually the biggest loan that anyone has. Mm-hmm. And so this seems good for for homeowners in Canada. And, yeah, if the offset, which it always is, right? I mean, the offset that you don't have a high, a high savings rate. Yeah, everyone keeps telling me about the 80s and, you know, how there was a 20%. You could do a 20% GIC, but then the mortgage uh, was 25% or something like that. Right, right. right. So how much
0: um, money would you have left over after you serviced that mortgage? Exactly, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so it really just, yeah, sure, making it harder to save, absolutely, but uh, making sure people don't uh, um, have to foreclose on their on their house, um, or sell it off for less than they paid for it. That's also good too, right? I mean, if it means less uh, interest in the bank account. The fact that some online banks are still hovering around the 2%, I know they're all kind of bringing it all down because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they can't even afford to, to give those, even promotionally, I think. So. Maybe Tangerine had a, a above 2% six-month promotion or something. Mm-hmm. But nobody's able to do a, a permanent uh, or a semi-permanent 2%. Uh, high interest savings rate not not in this uh situation no right?
0: yeah no so i mean i don't think you know like this idea that um you know, okay so the headline was bank of canada drives another nail in the coffin for savers so people want to <laughs> well, know who wrote that headline you can yeah, just google yeah, it and you'll find it uh, it's a bit dramatic, dramatic yeah yeah exactly. and unnecessary the, the, you know with low interest rates what happens is money stays in the economy so people are not encouraged to keep money in a bank account they go out yeah, they like actually spend saying, it yeah, yeah so they they, they renovate their homes, so then that helps that company that's coming in to renovate. They go and they buy, you know, things for their kids, so that helps, you know, all of the... It sort of keeps money liquid. Yeah. Um, so that is the plus side of it, but the savings part of it. You know, savings. Even though I understand with low interest rates, the the uh, in, you're not encouraged to maybe buy fixed income products. But saving is still something that we should be doing if we can afford to do so. You can still be investing money in long term uh, investments like uh, blue chip stocks or in other investments ETFs, that, yeah. yeah, that will ETFs. Which you know, I, everyone knows I'm a big I'm a big believer in index investing. That's how I've invested most of the last. 10 years um i have some stocks of in bank stocks mostly but mostly i just i you know every month i put a little bit of money into an etf and um i buy the dips and i buy the it's not an etf it's actually a tde series fund so there's no cost in index yeah so it's an index fund so there's no cost in um actually uh, buying a little well, bit every month that's the reason I chose costs. it yeah, yeah yeah yeah, so the transactional costs are nothing for that whereas if you have an ETF it's traded like a stock so if you were to try and buy a bit every month you'd get a lot of your costs eaten up by transaction costs
1: depending on where you're where you're trading at obviously all the different platforms have. Different right
0: yeah I mean some fees. can be as low as $5 but $5 a month if you're spending yeah, that.
1: that that adds up it's probably more than you'd be making um, and uh, you know yeah, the the idea here is um, you know you buy that's not that that's not really dependent on the savings rate that's the the market right I mean you know this is uh, th- they're completely different things really right that's why we when we're trying to balance things out we put some of it in into fixed income things that depend on on interest mm-hmm. rates and other things that depend on. You know market volatility and and uh, dividends and other other ways, right? So the balance mm-hmm. out. So yeah, ma- the long term uh, thing right now is not to you know put all your money in bonds or whatever, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, because they they're, g- they're probably negative. I'm g- my guess if I had to look, which I don't really look at bonds at all mm-hmm. at all, but they're usually uh, if the they go along with their interest rates, right?
0: I think people need to rethink the way that we save money. Um, you know, yeah. like maybe the traditional ways that our parents did through, you know, fixed income products—they um, just don't work anymore. Sure. We really just need to get into our heads that we need to save every time we make money, and that's all we know. I, I think that every personal finance uh, journalist or expert or whatever you want to yeah. call us, uh, worth their salt, will tell you that that. Um, Every time you make a dollar, you got to save a certain percentage into a long-term savings account. My number is 15%, some people it's 10%. Um the reason mine is 15% is cuz I'm a woman and I know I need to save more for the future. In fact, I actually save 25% of every dollar I make because uh, my thinking is is that uh, I'm gonna need more money in retirement. Um, and also, it is really um inexpensive for us to uh, for us when I mean us I mean me, and my husband, to to service our debts. So I do have more money that I can invest um because it doesn't cost me as much to service our debts. And um so whatever that is, I, I guess my message is is that every time you make money, you should be saving money, and you should, always have the um, attitude that your paycheck doesn't really uh, you're you you have not paid yourself when you get paid your company's paid you for the work yeah. that you've done but you haven't paid yourself yet and that's if you have that from the from the get-go from day one um, even if it's you know if you think well I only make thousand, you know a thousand dollars every two weeks right it doesn't matter if you're saving a, a certain amount of it over time because time is on your side it will add up to a lot more money and then you make good investment decisions um this idea that i'll make more money later save more money later it yeah. normally doesn't work out yeah if all of a sudden you start making seven figures maybe it might work out for you but normally speaking people don't get those kind of jumps in salaries and uh, it's better just to do small small amounts and um sort of the set it and forget it idea you know buy an investment um, make sure you make good decisions and over time it's gonna, it's gonna, and you know, make sure you've got it on dis- dividend reinvestment plan, the drip so that every time you get a dividend, it's buying more of that same stock. All of that's gonna help you over years. That's gonna help you much better than you trying to save a whole bunch of money when you get, you know, into that higher earning in the higher earning years.
1: And a lot of times you can get to that 10% by just looking at whatever your company is offering in terms of matching like mm-hmm. you know I have a 5% uh, that comes off and goes into a group RSP and that's matched mm-hmm. by my company so mm-hmm. that's 10% right there so 10% mm-hmm. of what I make automatically and I've I immediately got used to what my net pay is net mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. and now I live on that
0: mm-hmm. so
1: w- I don't even have to worry now right i mean i saved a lot more money in the past so the fact that i'm not doing 15 or 20% that was offset by saving fifty percent of income sometimes mm-hmm. in the past. Right, so right. A, so now you a can make better decisions. Yeah, exactly. Now, but now I would just set it and forget it. And yeah, if I did a projection right now, I would probably be fine by the time I'm sixty-five. Right, turn forty uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Actually, oh I wow! 40, uh, a week from tomorrow. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I'll, uh, I, you know, I have twenty-five years until I get full government benefits. You add that, add the CPP and OAS on uh, to whatever I have built up by then, and I the projection looks fine to me. If I don't do a thing, even mm-hmm, uh, if, mm-hmm. if the lowest growth, you know, it's like um, you want to just get a head start because, like you said, sometimes interest rates are going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. But just just saving money, just mm-hmm. saving exactly. Money, right? You can,
0: and that's what you know. People get really caught up in like um, mortgage rates, and oh, I want. I understand you should definitely shop around for the best mortgage rate. I'm not trying to promote that. But people get really caught up in like, um, you know, this bank is offering uh, 1.89 and I can get 1.87. And so I say to them, I'm like, that's true. But if you're already at that bank and that's what they're offering, you can stay there and just make a few lump sum payments and it will make up for all that That extra extra interest that you would have paid because you'll save that money immediately. And it's not like it's it, it, it interest rates are important interest rates play a huge role in how much we can save and over time they can eat into your investments. But the number one thing that you can do is actually take cold hard cash and put it away every single month or pay down debt every single month. The yeah. interest rate is there um, as a way to remind you of how much money costs to borrow, but, or how much money you get for investing, but the real, it's not like you can just put $100 into account and then, you know, at 65, you can retire and it'll be fine. The real way to save money is to do it on a regular basis with cold, hard cash that you have earned um, and that you now live on less than what you make. That's what's going to get you to uh, a situation where you're going to have money in the future rather than getting so interested in, you know, what the interest rates are and how much you're making.
1: And like you said before, th- th- this is ebbs and flows in our life, Right. So, yeah, a lot of people come to me and they say, oh, man, I, and I'm sure I've said this many times. Oh, I may, you know, I used to make so much money and I just sort of blew it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they never no one ever was able to drill it into their head. And I think we still not for people who are younger because it's really difficult to tell anybody anything when they're in their 20s. But, you know, you save when you can, when you have – because there will be a time when you won't be able to as, as, as easily, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you sa- maybe you're saving money at a time when interest rates are low, but then you have that money in there and interest rates grow. Or you mm-hmm. invested it in something and then the, the, the big returns are later and not now. Mm-hmm. You're holding on to it or spending it because you don't think you're going to be able to do anything with it. It's so counterproductive. Uh, mm-hmm. it, uh, we don't think of our future selves enough, and I don't know how we can change the human mind to, mm-hmm. to think about the future. But mm-hmm. we're, we're all really bad at, th- at at that. And and so um, sometimes you just got to go through a, a bad experience or some kind of, you know, dip or, or insolvency in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a way to learn. Some people are good from the beginning. I don't know h- how to how to set people up like that. I think it's just a matter of randomness and luck sometimes. But uh, you yeah know, we can just keep talking about it that's that's a one way right
0: yeah so i guess my major message is is that you know bank of canada is making it pretty clear that interest rates are going to stay low for a long time if you're in a lot of debt it's a great opportunity to start paying that debt down because you will make a bigger dent every single extra dollar that you put in will go right towards mm. principal and your if, if interest rates do rise in the future that debt is not going to cost you as much uh, the worst thing you can do is just make minimum payments and then three or four years from now you haven't made that much impact and interest rates start to rise and that money becomes even that much more expensive to service so you can take advantage of this time by making lump sum payments if you can afford to do so and on the other side of it if you can afford to save because you're you know still working the same job and you haven't had a disruption in your income then if you can save right now um, even if it's just saving into a savings account and then figuring out later where you want to invest it, that's going to serve you better than waiting for interest rates to go up so that you can put into some sort of fixed income. Because, um, you have to have the, have the money to put in, even if interest rates are higher to, to take yeah. advantage of it. Um, uh, putting in like a few hundred dollars is not going to serve you very well in the future. You need to over time, uh, unfortunately, it's thousands of thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that's going to get you to your goal. And the only way you can do that is by, Every little, every time you say you make money, you save a little bit into that long-term savings account.
1: Yeah, it just builds up. It adds up. Uh, it builds and, up, and yeah. Decades, go, uh, as you and I know, a couple of decades, they go by fast, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I don't want to sound that old, but yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like, you know, when people say that, they're like, you know, life flies by. I don't think life is flying by for me. I feel like I very much am... Uh, Like there are definitely days uh, where I'm
1: like,
0: there's definitely days where I'm like, wow, where'd this week go? Right. I'm more like that. But when I think about being 20, it feels like a century ago. It really does feel like a century ago to
1: me. That doesn't make you sound old at all.
0: (laughs) I'm not 120 FYI. But you know, like it does, it does. I do sometimes when I look back on photos and videos or I read something that I wrote back then it does seem like almost like I'm a different person. It does like, and I wish, you know, I had made different decisions sometimes, but then I think it just seems so long ago. Um, like people be like, it felt like we were in high school yet yesterday. I'm like, "Mm, high school feels like it was a long, long time ago. And I'm not that I'm not, you know, I'm not in my eighties, but, um, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that sentiment. I don't think, I think days fly by sometimes, weeks fly by. Like the summer's, ah, I don't even think the summer's. I summer think
1: it's a, probably a person to person thing because I, I just feel, yeah, like time just flies for me sometimes. Like, you know, my baby's 19 months old now. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, just happened. you know, he's, Really? He's yeah. Little, See, my kids man. are eight and
0: four, and I feel like I. I, I do like when I think back to my daughter being born, feels like it does feel like ago. eight years ago to me. Yeah, <laughs> okay, it feels yeah, like. A, yeah.
1: So you probably have a, a more linear um, um, perception of time than I do. Yeah, Maybe.
0: And um, someone gave me advice a while ago, um, and this is sort of all about meditation and sort of understanding about the moment, about really, um, even in, in, in times when it seems mundane, like you're on the bus or yeah. you're at work, to really kind of understand where you are right like I'm in my office there's a window beside me um there's people outside maybe cutting their lawn you know like I I, it's it's so mundane but I feel like that's the way my brain works like when I'm in the Mm. car I'm sort of like cataloging all the things that I'm seeing and I don't know whether that slows things down That's because a good now, point. yeah, yeah I don't know
1: everything. And I don't, I don't, and it could be a, <laughs> an attention deficit thing. Cause I, you know, I do yeah. have attention deficit disorder, right? Um, but I don't remember
0: be... anything. If that makes any, any sense, but your, I don't remember but anything. I just catalog it. So yeah. times
1: time goes slowly for you uh, in a way, but it doesn't feel like, it's not like I can't wait for this. Day to end or this year to end? Or anything no, or it doesn't else. feel like I'm. Yeah. I'm not.
0: I'm never bored. I'm yeah. never bored. Um, that's that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I shouldn't say that I'm never bored. I am bored sometimes. Um, I do sometimes feel like if I have an evening off, like I look forward to it. But then when the evening off comes up, like yesterday, Ron was out with a friend, and the kids went to bed at eight o'clock. So I kind of had time. So I didn't do anything productive. I just watched Netflix. Yeah, I didn't really. I mean, I could have done some that time. Yeah. So, really? um, yeah. So, I, like, when I, yeah. So, I don't like. I don't necessarily um, know what to do sometimes with myself when I have free time. <laughs> I always have to like be doing something, uh, but yeah, like I, a lot of people, like people, like people always say to me, you know, the days are long but the years are short. I don't know if I agree with yeah, that so sentiment. Yeah, like, I, I really feel like I've, I've taken advantage of. Um, that sounds
1: like a good thing to me. That, that you, yeah, that it's the one thing I'm quite really, proud of myself that yeah. I don't
0: like. When people say that, I'm like, eh, not so much. Like, yeah, maybe when, you, when I'm 50, like, no, sorry, maybe when my kids are teenagers, kids are, I might feel okay, differently. Yeah. yeah.
1: But you, but, I mean, and you've done a lot in this in this time, right? You've, you
0: know. You've thank you. I don't all. know if I. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if I've done a lot. I just feel like I've always kind of stayed on the move. Yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah, you've you've also been, been lived a lot of places and there are several places in the world, yeah, um, which other people can cannot say, right? A lot of people. So.
0: I'm good. always amazed though, it's like much much when luck. I don't I don't check in on someone for a while, and then I'll check in on like say I go on their social media posts or like their like Facebook or something. I'm like, wow, since the last time I checked in on that person, they've finished their MBA or they've had a kid oh, or yeah, they got okay. married. You yeah. know, like major life things happen. And I like I was just sort of living my life, you know, so that sometimes makes me feel like, wow, that happened pretty quickly. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it didn't. It happened in the time that I was doing my things. So um, yeah, it's
1: probably more of a 30s and 40s thing for sure. Right. Because otherwise everyone's just sort of floundering in their 20s. Uh, they're still yeah. <laughs> they might be somewhere different, but they're, you know. They are they're still working through the career or, or uh, maybe not to the family yet and yeah, yeah. just the, it's the exceptions back then yeah
0: yeah and I I also try not to live in any regret uh, I think that's that that's, good. that's really yeah because uh, regret people, is a killer well and I find if I'm around people who live in regret and are always like oh if I had done this and I had done, I find them exhausting and I'm like oh, I right. don't want to be exhausting right like.
1: It's very toxic.
0: Yeah. Like you can absolutely learn from your mistakes. Like if I'm starting a new job, I might say, okay, last job I was in, sure. like, I'll give you a really solid practical example. Like when I started my first job at, um, at, uh, when I worked at CP24, this is back in 2008, uh, when I started the job, I, I specifically said to myself, I will not get involved with office politics in this job because the last job I had had, I mm. really got involved with it and it started to affect the way I felt about my work. Sure. So I, and I stayed away from it. I was really good. I stayed away from it. I didn't, every time someone would, um, a friend of mine actually gave me the, um, she, she's, she's the one who said, she goes, when you go to this new job, just, just stay away from the politics. It's the best way to, to propel your career. And, so things like that, like you learn from your mistakes, but rather yeah. than me looking back going, oh, you're I dwelling. wish I had. yeah,
1: Dwelling on it is what, what really hurts You
0: can't people. do anything about it. It's done. Yesterday you, is gone. You, you're today is today. The past,
1: that's yeah. right. The power and, of you're,
0: and I've always told friends who are like getting really down in the dumps about things, I always tell them, I'm like, it's never too late to live your best life. Yeah, if you want to live your best sure. life, you can start living it today. You I don't have to. I tell people that every day because yeah. they're,
1: they're starting over. Uh, I, I, I talk to people every single day who are starting, starting over. Yeah, exactly. Because you
0: are actually the one, you, you are you are the, the conduit to someone starting their best life. They come to you and say, I need to be better. And you're and the I one who them gets an them example. there. And you know yeah. they, they all <laughs>
1: often appreciate that, right? I tell them, yeah. I did this, I did it. Right. So, like, it's not impossible, right? You think, oh, I just could never, right? It's like mm-hmm, going to a breakup mm-hmm. or, or any big event in your life, right? You will eventually get through it. You just have to, you know, go, you have to get through it. You have to grieve. You have to, 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 to learn your lessons, as you said. Mm-hmm. But if you can't dwell. You got to move forward, uh, you know, that's. So if, if some,
0: I don't want to go on about this for too long because obviously we're a personal finance podcast, not, you know, therapy. But um, someone gave me advice a little while ago. I've been using it and it's really helped me. When I go to this is kind of like looking in the past, but it's it's a very healthy way of doing it. When I go to sleep, you go through the day in your mind. Like you woke up, you brushed your teeth, mm. you had breakfast, you saw this person, you called this person, and then you sort of edit the things that you wish you had done differently. Oh, I wish I hadn't hung up on my mom like okay, that. Okay. Or I wish I had just spent a little bit more time explaining to my kids about whatever, right? So what ha- what that does is, is that even though, like like I said, I don't really remember anything. I just catalog it. It's like this like black hole of information. <laughs> but what that does is that it sort of t- teaches your brain that next time you're in that situation, you've kind of already, you've already sort of criticized yourself for it. So- you might do it just a little bit better that time. So next time your kid comes to you and says, um, I need help with this, you may, you'll be a little bit more patient. You'll be a little bit more understanding or whatever it is that you felt that last time you didn't do it the right way. So you, it's a, a truly a way of learning from your mistakes. And you may not even remember that you cataloged that day in your mind. And it's a great way to fall asleep because it's quite boring, right? You're like, okay, I woke <laughs> up. And then you just like fall asleep. I like that. So, yeah, good, it, right? it's a really nice... Likely... Likely...
1: Well, you're not going to judge yourself, right? Um, you're you're being like, okay, I did this, and I'm accepting it as you're saying it to yourself. And mm-hmm. so, th- if somebody calls you on it later, you're not going to deny it because you already accepted it. Part of you, right? Because that's what happens. Yeah. We get.
0: So we got a little cut off there because I think we were going on about, maybe this is a sign that this is a personal finance podcast. Keep it streamlined, people. <laughs> Keep it streamlined. Don't go off track.
1: We were having a good conversation. Why did It's like something happened in the network. Yeah, or someone like didn't that. like what we were talking about. You just said your about. network was disconnected, but you didn't get disconnected. No. You said both, maybe the thing itself disconnected. Anyway, we're back. And uh, yeah, you're right. Good sign. Good time to to wrap it up. Yeah, right? I think so.
0: Um The one thing I want to mention is people still have a lot of questions about CERB. That's the main thing that they're Mm. confused about. Just to make it very, very clear that the last four-week period is ending at the end of September. There is no October CERB, which is a question that Mm. I've been seeing over and over again. Uh, Go to Canada.ca. You can use up to 28 weeks of CERB. So if you've used um if you've used only six periods of four weeks then you still have one more week that you one more period of four weeks that you can use um that's a uh, an easy way to to figure it out um if you are confused about the 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 transition to ei and the recovery benefits we'll talk about that next week a little bit because i think they're coming up and people are getting really nervous about that so i'll get some more information on that We'll probably have more info. By yeah, hopefully. And too. on the basic income, yeah. we'll also have more info on that, hopefully. Um, okay. This has been a great conversation, Bo, as always. Uh, thank you so much for anyone who listened. I know we've had more than a thousand downloads, so I'm really excited about that. Nice. Um, <laughs> you can always reach us at Twitter and uh, on Instagram at DearRubyPodcast. You can also come to our website, DearRuby.com, and send us a audio file or just write in a question and we'll answer it to the best of our ability. So until next week, Bo, uh, have a great one. And uh, my kids are back in class tomorrow, so wish me luck.
1: Yes, good luck, and I'll see you next week.
0: Yeah, for sure. Take care.